We go together like peas and carrots. The Peas and Carrots Podcast, sharing life from our piece of the vegetable patch. Brian and Kayla Sanders. Welcome to the Peas and Carrots Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Kayla. Your chippy host for the day. <laughs> What's that mean, chippy? Happy, I guess. Happy? Okay. Glad you're happy. Know. All right. What's up in the world of peas and carrots? I have some great news to report. Mm-hmm. No, no gloating. Tom Brady has retired. It's kind of sad no, how polarizing not. that decision is. I am so happy and excited. I am thrilled. I'm. Is he one of the greatest of all time? Yes. There's asterisks besides some of those wins that make that make me have questions. So, mm. so I'm thrilled. How do you feel? Do you care? I don't care. You really? <laughs> I mean, it will be nice to possibly see someone else in the Super Bowl. Oh, you will. So yeah, yeah you're, you're going to see um, Matthew Stafford and uh, uh, Joe Burrow mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl. So yay! Yes, I'm excited. Okay, uh, Miss Kayla. Then you wanted to talk uh, an update about toxic positivity. Yeah, I want to give a clarification from a previous podcast that we did. We talked about choosing to see the good. And I want to give some context to that because something you need to know about B and K is we encourage people to feel your feelings. If you're going through something really difficult, really stressful, We want you to have the freedom to work through that. So when we say something like choose to see the good in every day or look for God winks, that takes nothing away from what you might be walking through. And you know what? Some days are just crap. I'm just going to say it. Um, And some seasons are. We have some friends that are walking through some very difficult things right now and it um i have one dear friend it's as if every day hands her one more difficult thing to walk through so for me to look at her and say oh just look on the bright side or it could be worse or my favorite you just have to choose joy those drive me crazy um and i'm not i'm not saying that when i say look for the good for us what we are indicating when we say that is that we have walked through situations in our lives that to keep us from falling into the bottom of a well, Mm. we had to train our brain to see something good. Correct. Because we were so mired down by all that was happening. And I've talked about this before, and I call it tiny mercies because when you're going through something bad, when you're going through a bad season, you tend to just focus on what's bad and you're praying to God about what's going on that's bad mm-hmm. and you want him to work in that in the bad and usually you don't see it. So what I've done is called tiny mercies and I keep a little folder in my iPhone and I write in it. I then it forces me to turn my head to look in other areas. Yeah. Where God is working, how he's moving, how he's providing and things that he gives me. And so that's what I refer to. Sure. So. Yeah, I just that's that's really all I wanted to say on that. I just want us to make sure that you didn't walk away feeling like we were saying you can't 
sit in the mud no, if that's what you need to do. Sit do in that. It. Yes. And if I love you well, I will come sit in the mud with you. There you go. So there you go. If we don't, you sit in the mud by yourself. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> you are so out of control. Then there's a very hot debate that's mm. on Twitter right now. Uh, a person wrote an op-ed for the New York Times and the gist is it's time for churches to uh, to shut down online church, get rid of your live stream, and everybody needs to return to the building. What would you say is our issue with that? I don't want to criticize that person, but I do want to talk to online church. Well, some people, first of all, I think the gospel tells me that the gospel is for the least of these. It's for those who actually struggle. Leave your online stream up mm. for those who, one, might be homebound. Two, might have social anxieties. Mm -hmm. uh, three, who might have health issues and can't really come to church. Four, especially during a pandemic, leave it up for Pete's sake. Yeah. Don't be a place where people go and get sick, especially those who might have pre, you know, who might have underlying conditions. Leave it up. I don't I can't wrap my head around this extreme position that says shut it down and force everybody back. Mm. I can't explain because in in my head online streaming is a gift from God. Why not use that gift? Yeah. I think personally I would not have been able to partake of our church for the month of January and the last part of December after getting COVID myself. I have felt hesitant, and this this may sound crazy to some, the thought of being at in-person church has created all kinds of anxiety in me. One, because I don't want to make anyone else uncomfortable. And so for several weeks, I wanted to let time play out. I know science probably says that there's no part of me that is contagious or it's just there's optics. this, stigma. It's just, there's this yeah. stigma to it. So doing church from home has felt both safe and providing comfort to others who are still very concerned and have not yet contracted the virus. The other part of this is there are a lot of personal decisions being made for various reasons and if it's a choice between someone getting to hear a gospel message, have an opportunity to worship versus not having church at all, then let's just stay with online church. Mm. It is what it is. So, what I would say, I just I want to say this: if you if you take the position that there shouldn't be online church, that people shouldn't be able to do that, then what do you say to Charles Stanley and? Chuck Swindoll and John MacArthur, who have built their entire ministries on putting messages on the radio every single day. And on TV every weekend. And on TV every weekend. What do you yeah. say to them? Mm. Because you're experiencing a church sermon. Same right. thing. So yeah. there's that. So I feel better. I got that off my chest. I you feel, feel good now. I feel, well, I'd feel better with what looked like a vanilla milkshake, but I feel pretty good. Oh, man. Okay. Y'all should have seen her countenance change <laughs> when I brought that up. Her <laughs> countenance just Yay. changed instantly. Are you a milkshake fan? Love milkshakes. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm. 
All right, we might have to work on that. Doubt. You came to me and said, B, would you talk about doubt? I did. And a lot of this is going to be you talking, but I want to let you have a chance to share with us your struggle with this because it's been something that has been an ongoing struggle for you. And when I talk about doubt, I'm talking about doubt with God, doubt with my faith. And I made a quip one time. Somebody said, well, you know, I have moments of doubt. And I went, really? I have moments of belief. Mm-hmm. And that's really true for me. Uh, doubt is a big part of my life. I, I wrestle with big questions. And let me say this. I'm going to ask some big questions. And when I ask this, my intent is not to create doubt in you, the listener. Right. My intent is to share my faith journey where I am. Now, let me say this up front. I believe in Jesus. I follow him every day. I read his word every morning. I pray. And at this moment in time, I'm fully confident in that. Okay. So here's some questions. Why are you looking at me like that? That little, that little. Here we go. I'm just strapping in. You've got this little smile like, okay, baby, here we go. By the way, you look beautiful today in your little black and white striped shirt. Why, thank you. Back to topic. All right. Here's some issues for doubt. Is it all true? Mm. Is this all true? Does anybody else ever think like that, or am I just alone? How does the Old Testament line up with, with the New Testament? And I'm seminary trained, okay? I understand that. Now, I don't have my degree, but I'm like about 30 hours from a degree. I have questions, about stuff in the Old Testament and stuff that happened. And you can't separate that out. It's part of, it's part of the history. So, and that creates that. And you're like, okay, well, what, well, what part of uh, the Old Testament? Go read Leviticus. That if your daughter loses her virginity before she's married, you take her out in the middle of the town and you actually stone her. Well, that makes me have questions. Does that not make anybody else have questions? So is all of this a lie? Here's another question. What happens when we die? I've never died before. I'm glad. Okay. But, and I approach death like a roller coaster or these things like a roller coaster. Here's what I mean. When you first go to a roller coaster, it's scary. Mm. And you get on it and you ride it and you scream your guts out. And if your mouth's open, you might eat a bug, and then the ride's over with. And you're like, it's still scary, but you survived. But you survived, mm-hmm. okay? And now the next time it happens, I'm not as scared. You only got one shot at death. There's no practice run. True. So what happens there? And people say, well, you go to heaven. Okay, how do I get there? Is it, Do I just wake up and see Jesus? Or is there an angel that comes and gets me? Is there like a waiting room that you got to go to that some people call paradise? I don't know. What happens? And how can I trust the Gospels? Th- those are big questions. So... And then what does doubt do to me? 
doubt does two things to me. First, it can push me away from God and it can push me to God. It can, it can, I can stand there and yet those two things are true. Sure. Doubt can mess with, 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 with my head that prayers is just a waste of time. Or when the spirit works in me, Brian, you got to pray even when you doubt. And then you start looking for tiny mercies and you start seeing God work. And that helps fuel your faith that yes, there is merit to this. So doubt can doubt can make me depressed. It can give me anxiety. It can make my brain hurt. It can give me headaches. Uh, it can wreck a soul. But what keeps me anchored? And I could get emotional about this because there's no other solution for my sin. Mm. He is the only answer for forgiveness and guilt, and shame. There's no other pathway. There's no other place I can go that says your sins are forgiven. And then Romans 8, 1 becomes true that there is therefore now no, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That keeps me anchored. The gospel keeps me anchored because I have nowhere else to go for hope. Amen. That's that's what keeps me anchored. How do I fight doubt? Gosh, I pray. I read. I talk to Jesus. I talk to Miss Kayla. Uh, I talk to some friends about stuff. I don't really get brave in talking about a lot of stuff because my doubt, I mean, we could really go down some rabbit holes, but I'm not going to. But it could really plague me. And... So I come back to this. I don't believe in Jesus because of what Leviticus says. I believe in Jesus because he was, he was real, he died, he rose again, and he offers me the promise that my sin will be forgiven. That's what I believe. Now, I believe Leviticus. I believe it's part of the Word of God. I ain't figured out why it's in there yet. But that's what I believe. Thoughts, comments, reactions? I just love everything you said. I think you would probably find the more people you talked with that every single believer has or will wrestle with doubt at some point. And I think there's so much good in what you said and what you shared bravely. I know that for me, at some point, I've asked, is this just a really good story? Is it, or is it the past? And it gives no indicator to the future or mm. to my life present. The only thing, as trite as it may sound, is I've seen God work in so many things in our life, in other people's life, that I can't land on it just being a story. Amen. I can't feel the things that I have felt and attribute it to anything but his spirit, mm. be that from convicting me of some behaviors that need to change to giving me hope in situations that there absolutely should have been none. Mm. 
to reading the Gospels again and again, and the Spirit reveals something new to me that I may not have understood. Mm. And I mean, I've I've been in, in this faith walk for a long time. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> Many years. And to read, I mean, we're going through the book of John for our devotional this month, to read it again and have things that are just fresh to me, mm. I have to believe that it's not just a story. But there are things that I believe we will all wrestle with. Mm. And as we go through hard things in our lives, I think that's where the doubt starts to come mm. in. I, I cannot wrap my head around things like babies dying or that's the stuff that shakes my foundation. But... Mm. Somebody listening to this is going to say, isn't doubt a sin? It's a great question. Where I've landed on this mostly is that doubt can cause you to sin. Mm. But the scripture says this, that you walk by faith and not by sight. The only time you're not going to have doubt is when you finally walk by sight. That's right. That's the only time. So in my journey here, doubt is a part of faith. Mm. Because I have to have faith because I doubt I could do it on my own. True. So there's that. Please reach out. You can go to our Facebook page, peasandcarrotspodcast.com. You can reach out to us on Facebook. And if you have any questions about faith or doubt, or if I've messed you up, I hope I haven't, please reach out because I don't want to cause anybody to doubt or to stumble or anything like that. So unless we're at a buffet then I will gladly make you stumble. <laughs> so. Baskets, boxes, vases, blankets. Okay, now Hangers. You're meddling. Towels, washcloths, placemats that are pretty. Mm-hmm. You ready to back off? I haven't backed home yet. Uh, Miss Kayla, home hacks. What would you, how would you help our? Yeah, that was an interesting lead in, but okay. So this is, after that, this is quite a shift and I understand that. But being that we're somewhat in a new year, it's one month in, perhaps your home is feeling a little overwhelming. And let me say this. Miss Kayla is an organizational queen. Nothing makes her heart happier than to tear an, an entire closet out, put it in the middle of the floor, and then reorganize it and put it back. It's fun. I don't understand that, baby, but go ahead with okay. your home hacks. Yeah, okay. So there's just a few truths that I have learned, and none of this may work for you, but if you take away one thing, then run with it. First of all, I am a firm believer that no amount of boxes or baskets, as Mr. Sanders likes to I just picked a basket on. up for you at Target the other day. Yeah. Go ahead. It's a new bread basket, but there you go. It has a purpose. Back to what I was saying. You can have an entire house full of them. And if, if you have too much stuff... It doesn't matter how many baskets or boxes you have. You won't be able to organize at all. Be willing to release things that you don't use. Mm. If you've never used them, you likely never will. So just because Aunt Susie's cousins, uncles, nephews, brother gave it to you, it doesn't mean you have to keep it. If it doesn't serve a purpose, 
bless and release. Let it go. Let it go. There you go. Sing on. Another idea, and I've done this. um, A friend actually recommended this to me. Take all the clothes that are hanging in your closet and turn the hangers backwards. At the end of a season, be willing to let go of anything that you haven't turned that hanger back around the other way. Ask a question. There's a certain way the hanger should. This is for people who actually hang clothes. This is done for you. I'm being serious. There's a frontwards and a backwards to a hanger? Well, yeah, for most. Oh, dear God. Um, (laughs) Hang with with me, y'all. Okay. Just sit over there. I guess this is the time to clarify. Make sure all your hangers are facing the same way when you start this process. Oh, okay. And as you go through the season, if you wear something, flip the hanger around. At the end of that season, whatever is still hanging the way you originally hung it, which signals you haven't worn it, you haven't used it, unless it's something that's for a very special occasion, it's a, a dress you would wear to a formal event or, listen, if you've got 22 bridesmaids dresses, you're probably not going to wear them again. So go ahead and part with these things. But it will help you thin out your closet. It was revolutionary for me. I got rid of clothes that I kept simply because I had spent a lot of money on them or I thought they were cute when I bought them. Don't let your closet become a monster because you won't purge what you're not wearing. Along the same lines as that, something that I have learned, don't just shop a sale. Choose quality over quantity. That's hard for me. And I have finally convinced him this is a thing. You may pay more for high-end staples, but you will not be replacing them as often. You will not be replacing some of your good clothes as often if you're buying high-end things. Now, I get it. Like for a white T-shirt or something like that, it's probably going to be just a basic layering piece. You don't necessarily want to spend a ton of money on that. But if it's a nice suit jacket or it's a pair of pants or a good dress shirt, you get what you pay for. So keep that in mind. Um Something I have found to be true, and I've heard this from a lot of people, the pandemic has taught us that we need way less than we think we do. We aren't going anywhere. But even in your house, tackle one space at a time. You can wear the same pair of sweatpants for a week. Nobody's going to see it. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, there's like a side note here. This is the funniest thing I have seen all week. Somebody shared a meme of an office group and this is i so want our team to do this it's fantastic their boss had them all dressed in what they actually was come to work day dressed as your zoom character and what this meant was wear what you would have worn no no i am not i'm the boss and i'm saying no to that it was a lady in pajama pants and bunny slippers it was a guy in shorts and flip-flops can you somebody's gonna show up in their boxer drawers well there would be qualified anyway back to this we have we have digressed but i I just think jimmy and his heart boxers any who um okay so maybe not now that you have figured out due to the pandemic what what you actually need and what serves you well in your home be intentional 
and take the time to remove things that are just clutter for the sake of having a full home. I can tell you, we talked about this in one of our previous podcasts, and I did this before we renovated our home. I went room by room. I had a list of every closet, every space. Nothing in our home right now does not serve us. If we weren't using it or it wasn't going to serve a purpose coming up soon, Mm. we gifted it to the thrift store so someone else can use it. It It does us no good just sitting there. And B... Answer honestly, have you missed anything? Have you wanted for anything in our home? No. Nothing. It's great. A new waistline. (laughs) Finally, what I would say is watch for how you feel when you walk into your home. Mm. It should be the one place where you feel comfortable, you feel settled. If not... Take some time, not figuratively, literally sit in your home and ask yourself, what do you need? Now, this is not a, this just not a whatever kind of comment because I get it. There are going to be kids' toys. There's going to be books. There's going to be in seasons. There's going to be laundry tossed everywhere. If not weekly, you go on with your bad self, you're getting it washed. So what if you don't get it folded and put away? What I'm referring to is if your home is a constant state of chaos because you've just acquired and acquired and acquired and not ever taken the time to really figure out what that space needs, I challenge you to do that. Mm. So that when you, even if just one room in your house is a place that you can go into and feel peace, I would encourage you to do Mm. that. And finally, I love my grandmother's quote. She taught us this from a very young age. This is your British grandmother. My British grandma. You never see a U-Haul behind a hearse. Just remember that. that. Are we done with getting baskets or no? Mind your business. Okay, sorry. All right. I'm going to get a basket for you to put your little smarty thoughts in. So there you go. And when I want one, I will go to the basket and read one. Smarty thought? Just saying. You can subscribe to the Peas and Carrots podcast on Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcast. You can also come visit me in my little basket. Mm Mm-hmm. Or you can contact us. And again, like B said, we would love to continue the conversation with you about faith at peasandcarrotspodcast.com or on Facebook, just search for Peas and Carrots Podcast. For more about the Peas and Carrots Podcast and to reach out to Brian and Kayla, visit peasandcarrotspodcast.com.